We are now at session eight in the uh, course Confronting the Powers. Uh, this session has been changed a little bit, so uh, when you look over the information, it may not agree with your original uh, outline. Uh, but it is uh, it's entitled Warriors of the Dark Side, Satanic Super Soldiers. Now, the reason we're going to touch on this is because um, all the events that we talk about, the big ones, the Black Awakening, or what some people call the, the, the Great Revolt and the Rise of the Antichrist, uh, none of that will occur without individuals being loyal to Satan and having um, a direct worship and a direct commitment uh, to him. So as you look over your notes and uh, you know go through some of the materials, this is uh, one of the things that we should be preparing for now, realizing that uh, many uh, who have served the enemy in the past um, have also their writings have fueled and opened the doors for many others. Aleister Crowley, Madam Helen Lena Blavisky, Alice Bailey, David Spangler, and many others uh, that were definitely committed to the dark side and opening people to the spirits, uh, committed to a Luciferian uh, doctrine. And uh, so when we begin to talk about this, uh, we need to realize that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions already, connected to a sense of uh, Luciferian commitment commitment to uh, Satan, but with the view that Satan is Lucifer, and Lucifer is good, and Lucifer is light, and uh, that Lucifer is the great one that needs to be exalted and be brought in uh, to this world. So when you read some of the literature of the undergrounders, or the Luciferians, you're going to find that they really believe in a time of great chaos, and a new order coming out of that chaos. And that they're planning for it, that they believe that the collective conscious, the collective voices of the demonic realm have communicated that through many uh, writers and around the world over the years. But we're seeing the ramping up of it and the fulfillment of it. And uh, biblical prophecy, as we already said, is the is God giving us select and strategic uh, insight into this kind of development. And so if we know the Word of God well and then see around us, it's one thing to see you know, the darkness around us. It's another thing to understand the Word of God giving us strategic insight into some of those developments. And God is, uh, uh, no matter how secret Satan wants to be, no matter how hidden he wants to be, God has already given us a preview uh, of his events uh, so that we can continue to unleash uh, the Great Commission and the work of God uh, in the last days. So if you've got your notes, Starting in page 25, let's take a look at the key to all of this uh, this uh, segment anyway. Session 8. The key says this. Satan could not do it alone. The finite could never defeat the infinite. From the beginning all the way to the end, Satan seeks servants to do his will. Understanding his will gives insight to the purpose and plans of his servants. To the degree that they serve the evil one will be the degree to which or to the degree of their animosity and warfare against you and the church. So you're going to find in many places where there is a deeper commitment of, uh, to uh, the real uh, cause of Satan and uh, where there is a real connection to his presence, purpose, and power, uh, you will find a greater animosity and uh, even to the point of persecution and so forth. Just remember Ezekiel 28. That's a key chapter we looked at in the very first session. And where Satan, um, 
his immediate influence uh, uh, when he rips himself away you know from what he was as the anointed cherub when he disintegrates uh in his very being uh, if he had dna his dna would have been completely altered everything about him is altered by his choice and it is fixed because he wants it that way it is fixed because there is no redemption um there is no remorse Please understand this in the satanic kingdom. There is no remorse. There is no sadness. There is no wishing that they could turn around at this point. Satan's immediate influence uh, was was seen there in Ezekiel 28, where he trafficked in his violence, literally ripping away one-third of the angelic host. And part of the reasons for that is, his again, he wants to win. He wants to take the throne of God. And uh, he wants to be worshipped as God. And it's been the insatiable um, lust of his being from that point in, 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 I guess you can call it history on the outside, but also from his uh, engagement with the human race and his being the God of this age. Uh, here among us and him having power and dominion because we, as the human race, gave it to him. Let me just say really quick, too, that uh, even though there are many, many, so quote, intellectuals out there and, and people who write in philosophy and criminology and anthropology and so forth, without an understanding of this uh, evil one, without the recognition of his presence, there's going to be no real understanding of anthropology, psychology, sociology, criminology, um, or even philosophy. Uh, there's just simply not going to be. We, if we do not understand who this being is and what he has done in his presence in the world, uh, we will not be able to um, uh, make sense of it all. The whole issue of the presence of evil and wickedness and, 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 and some of the most horrific things that we see in humanity. Uh, even wars, large-scale wars, uh, because of his presence and his constant pushing of man against man uh, in a fallen world. Well, Satan seeks and has used angels. He has used Nephilim, and uh, he has used humankind. Angels, of course, a third of them falling and uh, being operative now on the face of the earth and uh, territorial. I mean, there's different rankings, of course. We I think we went over this also in e Ephesians chapter 6, where uh, we see uh, the... The rulers, the principalities, uh, the, the the forces of evil, and so you have, in a sense, I always just say it in the sense of in the air and uh, ground level. Uh, you have demonic beings and presence over um, cities and over nations, as we've seen in Daniel, that there was not only a prince over Babylon, a demonic prince, and Michael being the prince over uh, uh, Israel, but there was the prince of Greece. So the assumption would be that this spans out globally, uh, and uh, as I've said many times in the past, that the demonic kingdom has grid-mapped the earth for control and uh, seizure eventually. So he is, uh, of course, we've read, we, we dealt with the Nephilim issue where there was an invasion that way, probably for the corruption of the bloodline and the uh, complete transmutation of humanity. Uh, we also have then humankind where we have opened the door. Now let me give you some of the examples of the Old Testament. The Sabaeans in the book of Job, when Satan goes out to literally attack Job and bring things down on him, he uses this cultic nation. 
And uh, so, so when we look in the Old Testament, whether it's the Midianites, whether it's the Moabites, whether it's the Philistines, uh, the Zemzumis, the Anakites, and so forth, uh, we see tribes and nations and groups uh, that were completely demonized, and 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 they were be, they were they were um, influenced by the dark side. Uh, they were influenced by the demonic and the demons and uh, by Satan himself to constantly bring battle to Israel. And Israel was constantly attacked through demonized nations. There's the Philistines, as I've already mentioned. There's Babylon. When you think in terms of over 50 separate temples inside of Babylon, different demons, demon gods, small g, and uh, the worship of all those entities and so forth. Then there's Goliath. We see him as an example of, uh, again, demonic use, maybe Nephilim blood, bloodlined. Um, but, it's, but, it, but the goal was to attack Israel. And in his attack against Israel, there's this blasphemy against God. So it's literally, again, an attack against God by attacking his people. And uh, this has been part of the uh, method that Satan has used uh, throughout history also. He simply cannot stand uh, that there would be anybody representing the God of heaven, uh, anybody loving the God of heaven, anybody uh, manifesting the God of heaven and his rule and presence and so forth. Um, We see, and we've already looked at uh, Revelation 12, where Satan knew ahead of time biblical prophecy. He was waiting uh, concerning Israel. He was waiting for Messiah to be born. He wanted from the very beginning to destroy him. And so there's this constant sense of attack, let, let alone his desire for, for enthronement and uh, humankind to worship him. Uh, there's got to be this constant attack and annihilation of anything that is God and called God or the people of God. So let's look at some of the New Testament examples. Mark chapter 5, obviously this man is highly demonized. Torn to pieces. He's not killed, which I, I've seen over the years in a lot of the exorcisms. The demons really don't want to kill the individuals because then they don't have any way of manifesting. Uh, they have to find another host. So they love just to continue to weaken a person down to the shreds and threads uh, of their humanity uh, and have total control to do whatever it is they want to do. Um, and uh, so we, we see in Mark 5, uh, the question is unanswered. How did this man ever get that many dem- demons inside of him? How did he get so totally demonized that he was uh, seemingly insane? Well, obviously he opened doors because that's the rule of this whole issue. You have to open doors to the enemy. He cannot just take a human being and uh, rule over him and, and possess. Possession it comes uh, sometimes in the area of degrees, um, but when it comes to full-blown possession, like we see in Mark 5, it's doorways that were willingly opened. And uh, obviously, he had opened them in some level. Judas is another example where he uh, was filled with greed, lying, and behind the scenes. He was someone who did not believe from the beginning. Jesus knew that. And Judas, uh, literally, Satan himself entered Judas uh, to betray Christ, to attack Christ. So we see the same thing again and again and again. That's true of Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts chapter 5. Their hearts are filled with lies. And they're, they're conspiring together to pull the wool over the church's eyes, per se. And uh, Satan is able to use them as a vessel to try to infiltrate the church. Yet God uh, uh, raised up uh, a standard. God, God dealt with that in the beginning, obviously. Realize that in the early church, you have two individuals that are dying on the doorsteps of the church. That is an entire um, spiritual power encounter. That is spiritual warfare right there in the early church. 
So when you study chapter 5 in Acts, that happening in the body of Christ, I think so much more happens in the body of Christ. We have no idea of the level of spiritual warfare that is actually occurring uh, inside the local churches. Uh, yet that's that's uh, something we need to be spirit-filled and discerning and prepared for words of knowledge and discernment and uh, the ability to uh, uh, use the authority of Christ in dealing with uh, the infiltration and attack that Satan would love to bring. Well, there's also a called workers. That should be 2 Timothy 2.26. And again, he takes individuals captive to do his will. And again, what is his will? His will is to be enthroned, to uh, take uh, control of everything, uh, to be worshipped. Uh, that's part of his goal. But in that goal, he has to seize human hearts and cities and places. He has to influence uh, structures and governments and policies and politics. Uh, he has to also bring elimination. Uh, to the uh, body of Christ and elimination to the presence of God and to the people of God. And so he's going to have servants. He's going to work through servants just like God works through believers. You know, just like God uh, calls us to take up the cross and follow Christ. Please understand, Luciferians understand to take up uh, their satanic uh, upside-down cross, if you will, to follow Satan. They go through rituals and commitment and, uh, and oaths and blood oaths, and they do what they need to do under Satan's requirements to become his servants, uh, directly and indirectly. Now, under B, in, in sec, on page 25, uh, the direct creation of satanic super-soldiers, uh, let me again, you shall engage them. And I go over the parable of the sower because it's vital to understand that in a little parable, Jesus tells of the rise of the satanic kingdom and its in, in, in his, in his uh, development of an alternative uh, spiritual empire. So let's take a look at the uh, parable of the sower. It's in Matthew thirteen twenty four. You basically understand the story is the sower goes out to sow seed. The world, of course, is the world of men. The field is the world of men. And the sower, of course, being Christ and the, and the seed being the word of God. And so he goes out to sow the, the word of God and, and men begin to believe and come to Christ. And, and the wheat begin to grow uh, in the world around us. Well, in the same story, Jesus says... Uh, just like Satan always does to counterfeit, he comes along right afterwards, right after the work of God, he comes along to do um, something very similar. He's also going to sow uh, the word, his word, the satanic word, the lie, the same way he did in the beginning with, with uh, Eve. He was able to speak, communicate. He's able to bring out writings. There are literally demonically inspired writings all around us, sitting in bookstores and in libraries and in, in places all around us. Not just the satanic Bible, but the devil's Bible from the Church of the Black Goat. Uh, not just those, but again, the secret doctrine from Helena Blavisky and the many other writings. I believe Nietzsche would have been influenced, uh, indirectly influenced by the dark side in his writings. Uh, even uh, Schopenhauer, even again, philosophers would be, um, musicians would be, again, to bring out the will of Satan so that he can take individuals captive to do his will of enthroning him and his presence and power and uh, dethroning anything that is uh, of God, which includes uh, coming against the body of Christ, the people of God. So 
When you go through this uh, story of the sower, uh, the parable of the sower, who are the tares? Well, they're the direct, again, they accepted the word of the enemy. They've accepted the word of Satan. They, they, they believed, and they, they accepted it just like we believed God. And we accepted the word of God and were born again. They accepted the word of Satan and were transmuted. We accepted the word of God and we were transformed. Who creates them? Of course, Satan creates them. Satan's behind this. There is a spiritual force, a spiritual power. When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, based on the Word of God, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We understand also that when they accept Satan and the Luciferian doctrine and, and Satan's will and believe his word, they are also then probably attached, at the very least, with demonic presence. And this is seen even in cults like Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons and others, that uh, when you accept the word that they preach was inspired by uh, do their doctrines of demons, uh, the demonic presence is able then to also uh, give them experience and uh, bring attachment, and in some cases, fuller possession. Where are they located? Well, they're they're located among uh, they're they're located among the wheat. They're around us. They're all around us. Look how Satan has his people all around the wheat. They're growing up with the wheat, and they're not going to be taken down to the end of the age. We're not talking about unsaved people now. We're talking about uh, Jesus giving insight to Satan creating direct uh, servants who will be uh, growing up among the body of Christ and being around us. So when you see the church uh, turning liberal here or finding uh, you know, uh, some kind of priest over here with satanic rituals in a black room in a Catholic church uh, doing harm, when you start seeing the body of Christ weakened over here or corrupted over there, please understand something. Don't just be a, don't, whatever you do, do not become a church hater. Please understand, Jesus Christ died and shed his blood for the body of Christ, and uh, you and I are to pray for the revival of the church and protect the church, and, and leaders are not to tolerate uh, doctrines of demons and things uh, creeping into the body of Christ, but we need to realize that Satan has a goal of infiltration there also. He did it from the very beginning. Uh, these uh, these uh, satanic servants are created during the night, the darkness, the idea of in the dark, they're forged by the presence and power of hell. And uh, they're unleashed. And the closer we get to the end days, especially the great uh, revolt or the Black Awakening before the rise of Antichrist, uh, Satan will have to have millions of individuals already committed to do his will. He will create the great revolt, the Black Awakening. He will create the need for his rise to world power. Uh, and he will have to have millions in place prior to that day. And this is what I continue to scream out, saying that he has uh, created these ultimate troops of Antichrist since uh, the days of the Nazis, um, and uh, they're spreading around the world, and this agenda has been going on since uh, the late 40s, the 50s, and we've seen now about 60-some years where the rise of the satanic super-soldiers behind the scenes, their development, uh, their next generation, uh, their plans, uh, putting everybody in place, 
uh, is here because there's an event that God has already given us insight to, uh, this black awakening, this great revolt, this great rebellion, this massive unleashing of anarchy and chaos that will occur. Well, we'll talk about that in a few moments. Let's turn the page. And Well, by the way, it says here in the sober too, and we have a conclusion. Jesus gives a, a full panoramic view of not only Satan creating his terrors, transmuted human beings, loyal to him, and captive uh, to do his will, uh, you know, eventually going to uh, do uh, great harm to the body of Christ, and even persecution and the slaughter of uh, many believers, as we'll see. But the end of this is uh, when we see the judgment, and we see that God is able to sort them out. He knows who is who. And uh, one thing we can do as believers right now is great witnesses. At one point, and I think on the website of Preemption Broadcast under Evangelism, you'll see, I think it's about six hours of a, of a session, a training I did called Warrior Witness. And I really think that in the end days, we need to be warrior witnesses. Witnesses of Jesus Christ, because that is where the power of God, the grace of God, the might of God, the attention of God, the heart of God is manifested. So please understand that in the context of all the darkness, Jesus Christ, His power, His word, all of what He's about, as we see in the book of Acts, uh, can continue to triumph and be victorious to the very end. The visible return of Jesus Christ will not occur as we read in the Gospel of Mark, until you know there is an evangelization, a, a sharing of the gospel to every uh, every continent, every tribe, every language, every people. So God is uh, not wanting, uh, not willing that any should perish. So that's that's the other side of this this coin that we're looking at. We're delving into the uh, insight to the rise of the satanic kingdom and his troops. But there is a great thing going on. And a part of that is our own training to be uh, clothed with power from on high. Again, to be a witness of Jesus Christ. What good would it be for us to just know about the darkness, scream about the darkness, and go no further? That would demonstrate no power of God. We're to, we're to expose, exposing the darkness is part uh, of the prophetic element of the body of Christ. Part of that creation that we are the light of the world. Ephesians chapter 5, we are the light, and uh, we are God's light. So yes, we're to expose all of the body of Christ is to have that as part. Every Christian is to have that as part of their calling as a believer. But um, even broader and more powerful than that is that Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witness. Now clearly... That is somebody who's going to radiate the character and presence and power of Jesus Christ, who's going to verbally communicate the uh, saving grace of Jesus Christ, who's going to win souls, who's going to declare. So, and, and, and with that is the promise that God's going to accompany that with signs and wonders and powers and graces and, and so forth. So please understand. Let me say something also here. This is very important. Even in the prophetic side of the two witnesses that are to come, I know some people have said, oh, this is Enoch and Moses, or Elijah and Moses, and so forth. Though the scriptures do not say who, they just simply say in the book of Revelation that two witnesses, not prophets, two witnesses. This is end-time witnesses who shall be able to prophesy and speak and do mighty, mighty things. One that represents the olive branch, Israel. One that represents the lampstand, the church. So there shall be an element of powerful, powerful, powerful witness. 
with both leaders, I believe these are individuals, but I believe they're connected to uh, the people of God representing the body of Christ and the people of God representing uh, the, the nation of Israel, those who have believed in Messiah. And so there will be a, a, a witness from both elements out of uh, real believing uh, Israelites or Jews and uh, the believing body of Christ. And nothing is able to stop this for three and a half years. It may be the greatest harvest uh, of evangelism in human history. As we enter into this day when the black awakening and great chaos will occur, it's not the end of all things. For Satan, it's the, it's the disruption of everything, the collapse of systems, so that he can seize the power and come to power. Uh, we should uh, mark that day as the, uh, the, the day possibly of the greatest possible evangelization the world has ever seen. We should not use that day as survivalism. We should use that day as unleashing the gospel, knowing that God will have such a powerful witness on the face of the earth that, uh, that uh, it will be global in scope and uh, there will be um, hundreds of millions that turn to Christ uh, before the Antichrist breaks the covenant in the middle of the tribulation and uh, goes crazy in his persecutions. We'll talk about that too. Well, on page 26, under C, the tares as the troops of the kingdom of darkness, uh, the, or the dark kingdom, or the satanic super soldiers. Now, I named them the satan satanic super soldiers in my book, The Black Awakening, to come out hopefully this year. We've been constantly working on it, disrupted, but uh, also providentially, uh, God has guided us to add new and uh, more uh, information and even more chapters to this, to this book. So... Um, you pray for me as I uh, continue to work on that. I think it will be a very, very powerful tool for the body of Christ in these days. I think it will be very good in evangelization and uh, very good in protection and uh, very good in, in uh, prophetic uh, preparation. Well, under C, number one, tares of the troops, here are seven uh, ways in which Satan is creating tares. Seven, uh, if you want to say this... Um, seven different um, levels of those troops, uh, this being the lowest. Now, it's, it's again, a, a problem because it's meaning that men, men will and, and women will believe the lies and accept uh, the lies and lose their souls. Under the first level, I'm, I'm just listening it this way, tares are the troops for the creation of a counterfeit church, alternative spirituality. Just like in the early church, the Gnostics, the Nicolaitans, just like in the early church, we now have among us what some have called the largest cultic movement in the history of Christendom, the New Age movement. In the United States, one of the last um, you know, books, materials that I've read was around 60, 65 million uh, adherents to the New Age movement. Again, that's an alternative. So you're always going to hear this, well, I'm not into religion, I'm into spirituality. Usually that's a, that's a New Age spiritual um, you know, hot button right there. Where people are like, I'm into spirituality. They don't know what it is. I mean, they're into what they're really into is uh, it's almost like uh, the drug addict that's into marijuana. Oh no, I want THC. I want this drug. You know, numerous drugs, numerous experiences. So in the New Age movement, there's not really any one uh, localized charismatic leader like there are in cults. Uh, the Way National, uh, the Church of God, the Jehovah Witnesses. You're going to find in many of the cults or a sect. Uh, or the occult, you'll find direct leaders. But in the New Age movement, there are many eclectic leaders, in a sense, or gurus or spiritual you know, individuals. 
but the whole tenor is to get people involved in spirituality. They experience things. Um, whether that's a psychic issue, uh, Reiki healing, channeling, whatever it may be. Uh, again, for here's the purposes of the creation of a counterfeit spirituality, a counterfeit church. Number one, to seduce the world, to keep the world seduced. Second uh, Corinthians four four, Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. It's his goal to do that in the parable uh, of the sower, uh, when uh, the sower goes out to sow seed, and the other one is when some lands on uh, the rocky places, the birds of the air come and take uh, that seed away. Well, Jesus you know, explained the meaning of that. He said that that's Satan coming to take away the word of God from people's hearts. In Luke it says this, so they cannot believe and be saved. This is vital. As you share Christ, as you're kind of looking at family members and others that you've shared or talked to or whatever, and it's, they seem oblivious. Because along the way, that if they do nothing with the Word of God, Satan will come away, come in in some way to dislodge that, to replace it with a lie, to get them uh, to release and not consider the Word of God. So he comes to steal the Word of God so they cannot believe. So um, he's involved in the seduction of the world, keeping people from getting saved, and then moving people into alternative spiritual, um, as in the early church with the Gnostics, with the resurrection of Gnostic uh, mentality. The key to understanding uh, this counterfeit spiritual church is the same thing that we find in Genesis 3. The lie was the promise of a, of a spiritual evolution and elitism. The context is that God, the real God of heaven, has lied to you and he's not willing to give you the highest level and he's not willing to take you to the highest level. He's not willing to share divinity with you. So therefore, um, I can take you to the place of divinity through spiritual evolution that if you'll just believe me. Well, that's true in the, in the, among the Gnostics. The promise of this spiritual evolution, the seeking of becoming a deity. And that's true in the New Age. That's true among the Luciferians. Uh, in that, and that's that's the that's the core of the lie that Satan has deceived humanity with. The finite shall never become infinite. You have to have been infinite from the beginning. But the issue here is the infinite had no beginning. God alone stands as the uncaused cause, the uncreated creator. God alone stands as one, the self-existent one. And uh, we are all finite, created beings and can never, never, never become infinite. We've been given the gift of eternal life in Christ, but we can never become infinite. If you define deity in the terms of God being totally infinite, immeasurable in the attributes of God, then please realize Nothing, nothing in all of creation can become deity. Deities in the sense of small g um, were the demons have sought to become gods, deities, and so forth. Or they use in literature the deities among the Hindus or the deities among the Indians or the deities among the Greeks. In all those references, it would be small g, uh, things that are attempting to be uh, gods among people. 
Well, not only is there a sense of their uh, uh, need to, uh, with this counterfeit church, seduce the world, but also to reduce the people of God. Now, that was true of the Gnostics. In the syllabographic writings of the early church, the Gospel of Peter, the Gospel of Mark, and and uh, we've heard about today the Gospel of Judas and, and uh, uh, James and, and even Mary. And when you read them, they're all Gnostic literature. And, and it's, again, to reduce Christ, to reduce the people of God, to seduce the people of God. The book of 1 John is a classic book written to protect the early church from the invasion of the Gnostics. When you begin to read there, that I write to you so that you will not be led astray. I'm writing these things to you so you will not be led astray. There are those trying to lead you astray. And so many of the books of the New Testament, Galatians and 2 Corinthians and Ephesians and Thessalonians, uh, especially in 1 John, you're going to find again and again that there is uh, elements. In the, in the book of Colossians, elements of those books, not only in the unveiling of the doctrine of God and the living and the practical and the exaltation of Christ, but also that uh, you know this writing that we wouldn't be deceived, uh, this writing that we would not be led astray, because there's going to be constant attempts. Satan has the audacity to uh, go to Jesus in the temptation of Matthew four and uh, ask him to bow down. Why? You think that he's not going to have the audacity to get Christians to try to uh, bow down, to to lie to us, to seduce us, to reduce us? So please understand that the satanic uh, spiritual warfare element, Ephesians chapter 6, our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Have we not realized that? Satan would love to reduce the people of God. He could do that by keeping you weak, by filling you with doubts and fears, not letting you uh, just live in the power. Listen, obedience to the word of God will eventually make you so strong, you become immovable, indestructible, uh, indefeatable, unstoppable. We see this in the development of the early church. We are told in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, we're to be people of of great courage and to be immovable. And I'm going to tell you right now, Christians, that in your obedience to God, listen, you're never going to obey God anymore you believe, so it all begins with belief. Believe Him, believe Him, believe Him. And believing will, real believing will end up uh, moving you to direct obedience to God. First John chapter 2, that if you are going to obey the Word of God, the Word of God says you'll become strong, you'll overcome Nike, you'll defeat Satan himself around you, and uh, you, it's all because of your letting the Word of God dwell in your life. And the only way that ha- happens is in your obedience. So f- the Gospel of John chapter 15, the classic chapter on what it is to be a disciple of Jesus and how to remain in Him, how to grow in Him, how to have Him unveil even more of Himself in you. Your spiritual growth development, your spiritual depths uh, cannot take place that's just not in crisis experiences, uh, though God will give us uh, supernatural visitations at times. But it's through that consistent obedience. Obedience keeps your life completely open to God. It demonstrates that you love God. Um, obedience to the Word of God will weld such a strength and power in you. Uh, your use of the Word of God will make you very mature and strong. So I encourage you, without question, every day, Word of God, put it into practice and become powerful in, in the sight of uh, uh, God and man and, uh, and uh, be immovable and unstoppable 
in your obedience to Jesus. Obedience will uh, create will will cause you to grow in the love of Christ and casting out all fear. Obedience will make you very very strong. Uh, and uh, rock solid. And so just all of the Word of God, put it into practice. Now also, that Satan under this one is, is using people, even, the new, even in the New Age, to help prepare the way. Even New Agers will be used to prepare the way when they do the Great Invocation. You can read about that, do a search on the web, the Great Invocation. New Agers thinks that they're they're just opening the doors to uh, light spirits and uh, happy little beings that are going to come and and help humanity in this spiritual evolution, in this uh, desire for the age of Aquarius, hint, uh, Marilyn Ferguson and her book. The key to all of this is uh, their involvement is going to be not only seducing the world, reducing the people of God, helping to prepare the way uh, for war on the saints. There's going to be war on the saints more than ever in all of history coming. And we find that's true you know, with Muslims in Dakar, uh, Sudan. We find that's true around the world. We find that's true in godless um, atheistic communism that, that was occurring in, uh, in uh, Russia where Christians were sent to uh, uh, psychological uh, places and uh, there was psychological torture, there was uh, imprisonment, there was all kinds of things. And that's happened around the world. Again, to the degree that Satan gets people to do his will, takes them captive, is the degree of their animosity we're going to see them coming against us. Fully possessed people will have a tremendous sense of a desire to attack and eliminate the people of God, and uh, thus uh, eliminating the manifestation of the God of heaven on uh, the face of the earth. Well, secondly, let me mention this, uh, just quickly here. Uh, The tares, uh, the second level of them, uh, these are the more trained, the coming great revolt, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The the perusia of the Lord will not occur until two events. Both of them are caused by Satan. Now, thank God that many are translating that Greek word there, um, rebellion. Some of the old translators translated it the Great Revolt, the Williams Version. And uh, the Satanists call it the Black Awakening. So an event, uh, the Great Revolt, is this this behind-the-scenes development of the secret power of lawlessness, developing the thousands upon thousands and even millions of, of uh, satanic committed uh, super soldiers who will eventually uh, come to a time where they're going to unleash their work that will bring massive chaos, massive anarchy to collapse the United States politics, military, society, economics, England's, Europe's. It's all about creating the massive collapse Now, they don't want to destroy. The Great Revolt is all about collapsing everything, preparing the way for the exaltation or enthronement of Antichrist. So the word has never meant from the origin of that word in 2 Thessalonians 2 that it's a slipping away of Christians. No, it's a standing up against. It's used in political terminology among the Greeks of a political coup, a takeover. A replacement. And a lot of the book that I'm writing deals with the details of that issue because it has not yet occurred. 
It is not a progressive thing. We're in the midst of the progressive development of the counterfeit church. But as that counterfeit spirituality, that the counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles under the working of Satan occurs, uh, just before he comes to visible power, the Greek word, the apocalypse of Antichristu, or of the man of lawlessness, as he's listed in Thessalonians 2, there has to be this great, great collapse. So I've been working years dealing with what are called the chosen ones, satanic chosen ones. We've seen since the 50s that they've been creating these individuals. Uh, we've seen the development of this, that many of those individuals have uh, broken down and have gone to psych wards, counseling centers, seeking help. Now, the, the secular world has termed them as uh, SRAMPD, uh, Satanic Ritual Abuse, Multiple Personality Disorder. Uh, uh, the new term now is DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. And uh, we, we, we need to ask and answer the question, why are there so many of them? Maybe over 4 million diagnosed cases. Why are there so many people that are coming out here now with this satanic uh, ritual abuse or the multiple, the splitting of the human soul? Now, I go into a large, you know, a, a long, long, uh, you know, seminar over this issue, sharing the principle. It's on the uh, the website of uh, Preemption Broadcast, an older version of the Black Awakening. It's about three hours long. Uh, the uh, splitting, programming, demonization, the creation, again, of satanic super soldiers. Bottom line, they are being created to continue to seduce the world, reduce the body of Christ, help prepare their way. But ultimately, they are, at this point in history, sleepers. Within them are created, programmed personalities that are demonized, highly demonized. So when, when the day of activation, the day of triggering occurs across the nation, hundreds of thousands of those who are still intact uh, will completely switch. They will completely be transformed, transmuted literally, and uh, they, will, they will literally take on the agenda of the programming. Uh, they're going to attack and bring things down among uh, politicians, the government, um, the electrical grid they're going to attack, water systems, the economics, communications. Uh, they're going to attack churches. They're going to create, they're going to blow up things. They're going to create massive, massive anarchy. They're going to do what they need to do along with eliminating resistors. And in that process, that's like step one um, to the ultimate goal. Because that massive revolt, massive chaos will lend the way to somebody saving the world. Somebody needs to step in and save the world. Because it will include that nations begin to fight against nations. It will include, almost it's going to look like the world is going to collapse. And, and we feel it in the air right now that it's coming. But that great revolt will bring such devastation. The world, it'll be a shock to the world, to the United States. Uh, I estimate 5 million intact satanic super soldiers, sleepers, waiting for their call. And when that call comes, they're going to attack. They're going to do what they got to do. 
Now, the interesting thing is, is that there there is an alignment with with those and and the Muslims. The Muslims will be used. Uh, they're being used by the Luciferians, by the elitists in this process, but they will also be used in this 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 uh, this great chaos. But that they're not the final issue. The next step of the tears is this issue: troops for the enthronement of Antichrist. He will come to power, but he will not come to power by himself. In the governmental systems of Europe, in the uh, political uh, veins of Europe, in the law enforcement veins, in the, you know, Hitler never came to power by himself. He never could have. Nor will the Antichrist be able to come to power by himself. But he will have, behind the scenes, his troops. Now listen, one of the Satanic Chosen Ones told me years ago, that they will make Hitler's SS troops look like choir boys. Amazing, isn't it? All of the ones that I've dealt with in deliverance and freedom encounters, getting down to personalities that are committed, created and committed to the Luciferian doctrine, committed and created for the Black Awakening, committed and created to serve Antichrist, uh, they all understand. They are created for the troops of Antichrist. They are created to not only bring the Great Revolt, do what they need to do, uh, and then uh, bring Antichrist to power, to make sure he comes to power. And Europe is going to be the place where there's there, there's literally got to be millions of them uh, committed already. That they will help bring him and guard him and defend him and place him in power, literally to ensure um, uh, his rise to power. Now, I want you to see something. When you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Greek word used is apocalypse. The man of lawlessness will have an apocalypse, a visible unveiling to the world. And uh, he will then begin to uh, develop what he has been planning for years upon years upon years upon years. And God has allowed us to look under the table. You know, if we're seeing the shark fins above the water, please understand the shark is under the water. You and I, as we look at biblical prophecy and see the darkness around us, we see the encircling uh, shark fins. That only means one thing, that underneath the, 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 the top of the water, uh, underneath where those fins are, are the deadly uh, sharks with all of their teeth. Underneath the bits and pieces of the satanic empire that we're talking about, um, are the highly uh, trained and the radical, uh, incredible, horrific evil that will rise. And Antichrist, because of humanity's openness, Antichrist, because of his real, uh, the presence of Satan, uh, called the dragon in the book of Revelation, will come to power. That day has not yet arrived. The Great Revolt has not yet arrived. But I, I humanly say that it's going to be occurring. It's got to be occurring in the next you know, five to ten years. I personally believe Antichrist already lives in Europe somewhere. Uh, that they're waiting for their for the positioning. Now in all of this, when you read Second Thessalonians 2, you still see this. God has a restrainer. It's not that Satan just gets to do it all. God is restraining. He is literally holding back the bursting of this great revolt, Black Awakening, and the apocalypse of the of Antichrist and his rule. He is holding it back to the proper time. He is holding it back to set this whole kingdom up. Uh, he is holding it back, I believe, for the sake of the greatest level of salvation in the world. He is holding it back. He is, there is a sovereign hold 
on the apex of uh, dark presence and power. And we can give praise to God because of that restraint and praise to God because he is able to control. And when he does remove that restraint, when the restrainer is removed, there will be, it's like a balloon busting on the face of the earth, the great revolt. And the uh, immediate then enthronement of Antichrist, quote, in their version, to save the world and bring about a new world order. Thus, the Masonic Luciferian doctrine, you know, that has been spoken of for years, uh, chaos, a new, an order out of the chaos. And you and I will uh, be able to have bits and pieces of seeing that eventually and uh, possibly be living during the days of the Great Revolt and uh, the enthronement of Antichrist. Well, let's go to f number four in this. Um, I want to finish this up here in a few moments. The tares, the troops for the rule of the New World Order. This kind of goes along with what I just mentioned. Uh, the first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation, of course, Satan, you know, the Antichrist has to come to rule and, and align all the political powers and and uh, military powers and and so you've got to realize that he's going to have troops that are going to uh, defend and they're going to be there for protection and he will have them there they will be more ruthless than anybody has seen any kind of troops this will go way beyond the nazis the nazis the ss the troops uh the 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 if you take a look at the Nazis and uh, how they came to power, and the that's a a little glimpse of what we will see. Um, instead of uh, that's just a few of the drops of water before the onslaught of a massive pour down. So the so Hitler and the SS troops and the Nazis literally will look like. Uh, um, schoolboys compared to Antichrist and his troops uh, who will uh, continue to seize and weld the power and unleash the new laws, the new order, uh, the new alignments, and uh, work the way he needs to work during those first three and a half years. Well, something happens in the middle of those three and a half years, and please understand again, in the middle of the tribulation, Revelation 7 refers to a great cleansing. As a matter of fact, when you read through seven, chapter 7 all the way through uh, 16, you're going to find that there is a great cleansing, a great attack on the body of Christ, martyrdom. John sees uh, those dressed in robes of white in, the book, in, in, the, in heaven, and he asks who they are. The answer are they are those who come up out of the Hathalipsis, Hamagali, the great de-tribulation. Um, they were martyred from every language, every tribe, every nation. There was a so. What does that tell you? That tells you that there's going to be a global uh, spiritual cleansing, as the Antichrist will see it, and as the uh, people of Antichrist, the troops of Antichrist, will see it. There needs to be a cleansing. Why? To eliminate those who are manifesting the presence and power of the kingdom of God. Those who are loyal to Christ. Those who overcome the dragon by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Who did not shrink back, uh, love their lives so much as they would shrink from death. Revelation 12. So please understand, there's going to be great martyrdom, but there's not going to be an elimination. There will be an attempt for that. That is true under the Caesars during the great persecutions where one of the Caesars had an actual coin struck that declared that the Christian religion is dead. And so there's going to be a similar thing occurring in this, in this satanic antichrist 
um, rule. Now, please, let me ask you a question, that if uh, people in every continent of the earth, in every place in the earth, Christians, are going to be sought out to be eliminated, to be killed, when an edict, this this corresponds with a lot concerning the uh, prophetic element and teaching element among the Muslims, concerning the Mahdi, that if the Mahdi is going to, first of all, he wants to come with this big bloodbath, which is like the Black Awakening, the Great Chaos, the Great Revolt. It's like a great satanic ritual to draw in all the de- demonic power. Um, and, and so we, we see that that's even similar. But when Mahdi comes to rule, um, if he gives, and they declare among themselves, if he gives the edict, uh, the fatwa, whatever you want to call it, um, for them to slaughter all those who will not receive, uh, you know, his rule to go after all Christians. Um, Muslims will do that. They are. They know that they are supposed to do that, and that has already occurred, and it will occur. But this is again under again Muslims are just being used uh, in the rejection of Christ and in their uh, alternative belief systems of the territorial deity Allah. And uh, they will be used in this overall Illuminati um, development of the New World Order with the Antichrist ruling. So there will be a, an attempt of a great cleansing of uh, Christians. It will, the goal will be the elimination of the body of Christ and of the Jews. Obviously, there's a great uh, uh, passionate desire to eliminate Israel right now, to wipe it off the face of the earth. So we already know that there is the passion for it behind the scenes. But the sovereign hand of God holds back um, the Muslim Antichrist Mahdi and holds back the world's uh, uh, coming uh, anti anti Christos anti Christu. Under six, the terrorist troops. Uh, there's another element to that. The the troops will also bring about the total manifestation of satanic power. The highest pinnacle of satanic manifestation presence and power will be occurring during the times of the Antichrist and the rise of uh, Babylon that has become the home for every demon. Revelation chapter 18 you can read about it. It it becomes the habitation. So when people take the mark of the beast and think in terms of billions say if it's all occurring now the black awakening occurred, the Antichrist is here he's forcing uh, people to take the mark, the branding which includes the uh, acquisition of demonic presence, and and the and the image of the beast, of course, is placed out uh, to force worship. Why is that? Well, we know as Christians that as we worship God, God inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits uh, His presence. Inhabits when I worship God, man, I raise my arms, I I embrace, I feel the presence of God. Our singing of hymns and spiritual songs, we are literally being a a witness to the world around us, to those around us, unveiling and manifesting the attributes of God in in all of the hymns. That's why worship is so important. That's why it's important for us to sing during the day and worship God. Spirit-filled people will make melody in their heart, and they'll sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yes, it will build you up, because you are, you, are, you, are, you are literally just wrapping your heart around the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are, you are, you are directly engaging Him and de- declaring, He doesn't have to be reminded. We're the ones being reminded of His power. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Uh, how great you are. 
listen, you 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 think of some of the uh, praise songs and hymns that you have right now, and uh, how they declare the uh, truth of God, the attributes of God, the the person of God, the it exalts Christ, and His presence and power is uh, unleashed in worship. Unleashed in that. Well, the counterfeit of that is true among you know. That's why Satanists do what they do in. In satanic grottos and satanic covens, when they're worshiping Satan, please understand, Christian, uh, satanic presence shows up. They have counterfeit tongues, counterfeit prophecies. They have presence, power, workings, supernatural things that occur among covens, uh, just like we would have in the body of Christ. They have visitation. Uh, they have satanic presence. They have satanic uh, engagement. And Satan may even speak through. So it's all about the manifestation. That's why I'm saying again, Revelation 18 being the uh, the chapter that teaches, I think, this principle, that it will be the uh, uh, the apex, the pinnacle of satanic manifestation. The world has never seen this level. Not in old Babylon, never in all of history, not even during the days of the Nephilim, because they shall, I believe, in some level return during this time. Matter of fact, some of the uh, chosen ones, the satanic chosen ones, they believe they are the Nephilim. They believe that what is what's within within them is all about the bloodline, all about the purity of uh, the Aryan or the uh, Nephilim blood, and that when they do uh, uh, come to full power, there is literally not only a transmutation of humanity, but a transmutation in the sense that they literally morph into these satanic super soldiers, that they have abilities and powers and perceptions, um, awarenesses and. Uh, and they'll be spiritual and physical warriors for, for the Antichrist. And in their worship, and in their uh, accolades to, uh, to Lucifer, to the Antichrist, and as they sing, as they listen to the false prophet, as he does signs and wonders, uh, it will bring about the greatest manifestation of satanic, satanic power in all of history. But let me tell you something. You have the authority of Jesus Christ. I don't care how deep, I don't care if you were thrust in the, the belly of hell itself, and all that was around you were demons and Satan himself. Jesus said, I have given you authority to trample on demonic presence and power, to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you in that sense of the demonic attack back. So listen, you have authority. We need to engage these days carrying out the compassion of Jesus to win as many souls as possible, unleashing the authority of Jesus against the demonic. Will you not, as a believer in Jesus Christ, um, unleash the greatest amount of grace you can and mercy you can in the Great Commission, and also the greatest amount of warfare and authority and spiritual warfare of prayers against the dark powers for the sake of uh, the salvation of souls and um, you will be used then, possibly. You will be used, possibly, in the greatest harvest of humanity uh, in all of history, even if it's the last, you know, even if it's the last few days before Jesus Christ returns. Even if it's the last three or four days. If Jesus Christ is going to return tomorrow, I would, I would love to be leading somebody to Christ this last day, like the man, the thief on the cross, the day before it all ended. Well, they will bring in the greatest manifestation of satanic power as worshipers. Seven, the tares of the troops of Antichrist, they are there to defend the reign. This is the ultimate end. It begins in Revelation 16. The uh, picture of this ends in Revelation 19.19. 19. 
the entire reason the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet unleash in ritual format out of their mouths spirits that look like frogs that go out to all of those already with the mark to gather together the kings, the military leaders, possibly millions and millions of soldiers. The largest army in the history of humanity. The most powerful army in the history of humanity. The most um, empowered army in the history. Satan has now developed millions upon millions of demonized, loyal, trained, powerful troops in Revelation 19.19. They don't gather to fight each other. Satan knows prophecy. He knows that Jesus Christ, there will be an apocalypse of Christos. The apocalypse of Christ, Revelation 19. I saw, you know, heaven standing open, a door in heaven standing open. And a white horse, and a rider on the white horse. Christians, that is Christ. That is the living Christ. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And Satan will do all that he can in the end to bring the greatest sense of the greatest army, the greatest battle. He's going to. That's part of the reason that he has individuals. This is the Judas principle in the millions. He will. In, he will use them to try to stop the visible descent of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will try to use them to battle Jesus Christ. You read Second Thessalonians chapter one. Jesus Christ comes in flaming fire, and his holy ones with him. Revelation nineteen. Jesus is descending to make war, to make war on the Antichrist and those who serve him, those who chose to serve him, those who rejected Christ. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. They delighted in wickedness. They refused to turn from their sorceries, their magical arts, their satanic, you know, magic and powers. And they're gathered together in the most satanically empowered, um, uh, militarized uh, army, possibly in the millions, if not a billion or two billion that would come, to fight against the descent of Christ. Now, I want you to contemplate it. I want you to think through this. I want you to know the ultimate end that Satan is using people. Maybe somehow a Satanist, a Luciferian, a chosen one will get a hold of this uh, CD and listen to this. The ultimate reason why he's created you and promised you elite presence and power and promised you spiritual evolution is to take you through not only to, to bring counterfeit to the world around us, war on the saints and the great revolt, the enthronement of the Antichrist, ruling in the new world order, uh, the being used in martyring Christians and Jews, being used in manifesting the satanic power on the face of the earth, your ultimate use in his view is to get you to fight against the descent of the of the of the once incarnated Christ, once crucified, once raised from the dead, once ascended, now. Uh, coming Lord Jesus Christ. You need to repent now and turn to Jesus Christ now before you ever take any mark down the road. You better turn to Jesus Christ now because your soul, your life will be shredded not only on the on the on the on the grounds of the earth, 
Not only will they be shredded in Revelation 19. Read Revelation 19. I know they do not want you to do that. No Luciferian is permitted to read Revelation 19. No Satan chosen one is allowed to read Revelation 19. Revelation 19 is what it's all about for you chosen ones. He's going to use you and throw you as fodder before the coming living Christ. And uh, you will see in Revelation 19 what occurs. Christians, you see what occurs in Revelation 19. The Hallelujah Course, the uh, visible apocalypse of Jesus Christ, all of what he said he would do from all the way back in the book of Daniel, Isaiah, the prophecy from 3,000 years ago in, Re- in Psalms chapter 2, Psalm 2, concerning the nations conspiring together to make war against the living Christ. And uh, listen, you and I as believers, uh, we need to be uh, going... Uh, ablaze in the Spirit of God into these days we live in. Win all that you can to Christ. Do all that you can for the kingdom of God. Be a great prayer warrior. Uh, Let's get up, take up our cross, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And do all that we can to snatch some from the fire, even Luciferians, uh, before it's too late for them. But realize the days that we're entering into. God bless you. This has been Session 8 from the Course Confronting the Powers to the Great Commission. Uh, the organization Shadow the Darkness and Preemption Broadcast. This is Russ Dizdar. Shadow the Darkness is found on the web at www.shadowthedarkness.net. And you can contact me at shatterxmail at sbcglobal.net. God bless you. Stay strong in the Lord.